Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Now to Trey Betty, brought to you by Asher Record Service. 501-562-2293. Family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Record, dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Welcome back to Drive Time Sports. Marcus Elliott, Rick Schaefer, and you just heard we're joined by Trey Biddy. So, Trey, you having a happy Thursday? Sometimes Trey's voice just comes out of nowhere. <coughs> I hear Marcus coughing. We're oh, waiting okay. to hear from Trey Biddy. No, that's okay. At least I know you're. you're I can hear you, Rick, but I, now we it can hear like you. Now we can hear you. You're so. Quiet. I can barely. I can't understand what you're saying. Okay. Well, I can hear you now, Trey, and I hope you can hear. I us got a little you a little bit better now. Great, 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 great. Okay. So before I ask you any questions, we did promise Todd from Lake Hamilton. He held all the way through the break. So let me get him on the air, and then and he may have a question for you. Who knows? Hi, Todd. Thanks for calling. And thanks hey, for Mr. holding. Hey, Rick and Marcus and Trey. Bitty. How you guys doing? We're doing great. How about you? Well, hey, I had a a message and you you may be able to tell me or even Trey of the height and athleticism of the our big men. I know the twins are like 6'10". I think we've got a real tall point guard and I think there may be another 6'9 or 2 but I won't waste Trey's time with that. Uh, what I had to ask Trey is along the similar lines is how large are our true defensive interior linemen and our offensive linemen. And uh, mm-hmm. Marcus. Yes, Marcus is there. Go ahead. Yes, are you there? Yeah. Uh, I met you. Uh, I can't can't believe it's uh, that long ago. It's 2022, but it was 2009. Uh, I think you worked for Lily. I worked for Roche. And, uh you were real gracious to me out in the parking lot. And, again, I'll, I'll wait for your response after Trey because I don't want to waste his time. But who are big on football and basketball, if you know that? If you don't, just I'm going to hang up and listen. Okay. Uh, and I live about a block away from uh, the, the Razorback on the lake. <laughs> okay, that's a cool deal. And you probably enjoyed Sam talking about it. Yeah, I did. Well, and, uh, and, hey, and, and Todd, before we let you yeah. go, please don't climb on it. There's a sign. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I, okay. I, uh, please do not climb on the hogs. And uh, I'm just lucky to be in the boat. But uh, it was cool, the Marlin, because I used to ride all the kids underneath it and shot water out. Yeah, and uh, always called their attention to me, and uh, I was talking to them, and we go under the boat, or in the boat under that shooting water, and uh, it, it always surprised them. So I just wanted y'all to know that. <laughs> All right. All right, Todd. Thanks for calling. All right, Marcus. Your voice well, level is very I... low. When we get you back, Marcus, we'll need to get your voice level up. And okay, Trey, take it away. Big Razorbacks. You can talk about right. basketball too, if you wish. Yeah. I'm more than happy to talk about it. It's not like I don't know anything about yeah, basketball. That's right. I, think you're, I, think you're <laughs> I watch well every game, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, big, big so uh, the bigs, 
Yeah, you've got the Mitchell twins who go 6'10 and 6'9, uh, the transfers from Rhode Island. Uh, Trevon Brazil is 6'9. He can play a lot of different spots. He's a guy that they think may be a future NBA player if he continues to develop just because of his, his length and everything. And uh, They got him from Missouri. He goes 6'9, really long-bodied guy. Um, you know, the, uh, he mentioned the the guards, uh, six seven Anthony Black, obviously is uh, is a tall point guard. Um, Nick Smith Jr. I saw a video of him the other day. He almost hit his head on the rim on a on a uh, dunk, bouncing it off the uh, off the wall. He goes six four as a guy that can play the point or the two. So he's not exceptionally tall, but he's really really long also, and obviously can get up. Uh, he's going to be a really special player. Both those guys, him and Black, uh, Jordan Walsh. You know, I don't know if you consider him tall. I guess it depends on which position he would play, but he could play power forward, small forward. He goes about six seven, uh, and probably the biggest leaper on the team. Definitely the biggest leaper on the team, so he can really get up too. Um, Jalen Graham, I didn't mention Jalen Graham, who goes six nine. Uh, I think Jalen Graham is going to surprise a lot of people. I was surprised that he wasn't more highly regarded uh, as a transfer addition. Um, you know, he was like re-ranked as a three star, but he was all pack twelve. Uh, so. To me, he's going to be a really good player. I think he'll end up starting for them. Uh, they got Kamani Johnson back also. What Eric Musselman will say about this team, Ricky Council is another guy who can get out of the jump out of the gym. He goes like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, um, who's a guard. And what Musselman says about this team is they are, through summer workouts anyway, what, they, what they've seen is this is a team that's going to be really, really hard to score on like really hard to get to the basket on. So um, it's going to be a tall basketball team. I don't think there's any question, and, and really through every position. As far as football goes, uh, defensive interior, uh, not as big as they were last year. Obviously losing Isaiah Nichols is big. Um, it, it, you know, it's a big loss. Or excuse me, is uh, not Isaiah Nichols, but uh, um, oh, Vanilla Gorilla. What's his name? I can't believe I'm spacing on his name. Wow. Yeah. Ridgeway, John Ridgeway. Oh, the one that was yeah, Ridgeway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ridgeway. Um, you know, goes like what six? I think he measured out about six five at the NFL Combine, three thirty or so. Yeah. Big, huge guy. That's a that's a tough loss. You don't just replace that. Um, the most likely candidate, I think, might be Cam Ball. He's a guy they're really high on, six five, three hundred and fifteen pounds. Um, who's going into his redshirt freshman year. They need him to make a big jump forward because they don't have Torian Carter. Now, Torian Carter went about 6'3", 295, 300, so he wasn't massive. I mentioned Isaiah Nichols incorrectly a minute ago, 6'3", 300, 305 or so. Again, good-sized guy, but not like hulking like Ridgeway was. Um, let's see, they've got um, Terry Hampton who came in, who probably a bit undersized, 6'1", 290, not a, a huge one. I mean, it depends on you know if you're if you're playing in a four-man front, and you're one of the defensive tackles. You might be able to get away with 280. That's probably a bottom floor. Uh, I think that Eric Gregory can play inside also if they need him to. He's a, he's the starting left end, but he goes six four three zero five. And the reason I think that is maybe you know Dorian Gerald comes and retakes that starting left end spot. He goes about six three two sixty five. You've got. Um, uh, uh, Landon Jackson, who they got from LSU out of the transfer portal, 6'7", 275, also over at that left-end spot. Um, on the right end, uh, Zach Williams probably – Zach is probably around 260 right now at 6'4". Um, you've got Deshaun Stewart, who's probably a little bit, you know, more built like a linebacker, I guess, playing in. Eric Thomas probably just a little bit bigger than that. Um 
Jordan Dominic, 6'3", 250 or so, another you know big linebacker type play coming off the edge, who's the grad transfer from Georgia Tech. I think I named just about everybody, probably not all of everybody. Oh, there's a there's a junior college edition, too, probably is about regular size for a defensive tackle. So they're not going to be like this massive hulking defensive line, but they'll be, you know, a pretty good size group. That's good. Yeah, I think Sam Pippen said yesterday that they're actually over the what they would normally have numbers-wise on defensive line. And he was talking about walk-ons, too. I don't know how many of those he's got, but you just named a lot of guys, so surely – Mm-hmm. Some of those can put a little more pressure on the quarterback this year, you think? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I didn't even mention anybody out of the freshman class, but, no. you know, J.J. Hall, you'd like to redshirt Nico Davillier. I'm not even sure how to say it, but, uh, you know, those, a couple of guys from the, the freshman class. And, you know, even John Kudus, um, he could end up playing defensive line. I think he'll end up at offensive line, though. Okay, well, we've got a caller for you, Trey. Jason from El Dorado. Jason, thanks for calling, and you've got a question for Trey. Hey, guys, unlike the previous caller, I don't live on Lake Hamilton, and I am going to waste Trey's time. <laughs> Just don't climb <laughs> on the hog. It doesn't matter where you live. Don't jump on the hog. It's okay. Go ahead. No, sir, I would never do that. Okay. Uh, wanted to get Trey's thoughts after, you know, SEC media days. I wondered if he could maybe take a stab at ranking uh, – Browns and Odom in terms of where he thinks they kind of fall among the SEC coordinators respectively, offensive and defensive. And, uh, you know, looking at the schedule, I I saw on Trey's board uh, somebody linked to uh, the Cincinnati board and some of the talks they had about the game. Uh, If Trey's got time, maybe just kind of look at Cincinnati and South Carolina. And, boy, it, it seems really crucial to come out of that stretch you know, with a couple wins, and things like that would really set the tone. I think also, uh, as an aside, uh, KJ may be getting a little disrespect, ranked by some uh, analysts after Spencer Rattler, who, you know, has not played a down at SEC football. And uh, anyway, if you got time to comment on all that, Trey, I'd, I'd love to hear it. I'd love your stuff on Hog Sports too, man. Appreciate it. Bye. Great. All right. Thanks, Jason. Did you get all that, Trey? Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I think you'd have to – Rank Kendall Browse up there with, you know, Todd Monken um, at Georgia, um, Bill O'Brien at Alabama. I mean, those Jeff Levy, um, you know, was one. It uh, was a top one. But um, yeah, I think you got to rank him up there. I don't know if you know you would probably give Tennessee a lot of uh, Tennessee's offensive coordinator a whole lot of credit. Just like same thing with Lane Kiffin, you know, because it's kind of there their offense, uh, whereas, you know, Kendall's really the guy calling it. I would put him up there against anybody right now. Um, and Barry Odom, too. I mean, Barry Odom's got to be looked at as, as, if not the top coordinator, um, you know, in the SEC. I mean, I don't know if I'd take anybody above. I don't know if you'd like say, you know, there's a class above either of those guys. Yeah. So I would say they're in the top tier on both of those. Um, and I've forgotten the last, the, okay, the next question he Cincinnati, asked. Cincinnati and South Cincinnati, Carolina yeah. Looking at those games, I, I peeked at that. I peeked at that uh, thread that he's talking about on the Cincinnati board, and um, you know, obviously they're 
very confident and, you know, not overly confident. They kind of look at this game as their Notre Dame last year. You know, they played that AAC schedule and just ran right through it. Uh, they only really had to go to South Bend to beat Notre Dame last year, and they were, boom, in the college football playoffs. Uh, and then they ran into Alabama and only scored six points. Um, they've got to replace a lot. They've got to replace nine players. That's something that's been said up and down, up and down. Let me say, Cincinnati has been good as a football program since Brian Kelly was there, and that's been a long time ago, and really a little bit before that too. Um, I think D'Antonio was there before him. Uh, maybe his last year, I think they, they were really good, and then Kelly took over, and they just kept it going, and uh, Bush Jones took over after that, kept going, and Fickle took over after that. Fickle was at least discussed for the Arkansas job when it came open in, in 2019. He was he was a guy that was talked about a little bit. I don't know how good a fit that would have been. Obviously, compared to Sam Pittman, probably not a great fit, but um, that's a guy that can really coach. And um, I mean, he's done he's done great things at Cincinnati. I don't think anybody questions that. And the next week, you got Shane Beamer coming to town. I think they're on the uptick. I like I like what Shane Beamer is doing over there. Uh, Spencer Rattler, you know, is he? The guy that was number one ranked quarterback prospect in the country, you know, last year this, you know, we were talking about as the Heisman Trophy front runner this time, Spencer Rattler. He was the guy, the number one guy everybody was talking about. Uh, I don't think he lost any games last season, but he was not performing very well and ended up getting benched. Um, So is he? Is that who Spencer Rattler is, or is he the guy from the year before that? Made everybody think he's a Heisman candidate, you know, that was a five-star recruit. Is that who he is? He's got some family connections to Arkansas, too, by the way. I can't remember what they are, but I remember it came out a little bit after he was recruited that Arkansas that he had some Arkansas connections and nobody had reached out to him. I don't know that Arkansas had a real chance to get him. He was, I believe, all the way out in California at that time. But um, anyway, that's that's going to be interesting how much better they at quarterback. That's something they really lacked last year. And, you know, they had a pretty good team. And I've said before, that, you know, they won the Duke's Mayo Bowl. I've said before that Shane Beamer should not have got mayonnaise dumped on him. I think the losing coach should get the mayonnaise dump. <laughs> You're probably right. You know, i tell you one thing that came out of uh, media days um, that I don't know if many people noticed because Sam Pittman didn't say it. Sam Pittman was asked about his wide receivers, and he named six of them. And uh, also he named the signees, which made Randy Rainwater happy because he named Satania. Uh, but K.J. <laughs> Jefferson made the comment. He said his relationship has gone up with Keetron Jackson, and he talked about working mm-hmm. one-on-one with him. And I think most of us look at Hazelwood and uh, hopefully Warren Thompson and some of the other guys as maybe the breakthrough guys. Have we not given enough attention to to Jackson? It's possible. I mean, he was the number one ranked recruit in the class of 2021. Maybe because he's a little bit younger, people aren't looking at him, you know, as much. Um, but he was number 165 ranked overall prospect in the country last year. And it wasn't because he was like this super polished wide receiver, kind of like KJ in a lot of ways. You know, it was his upside, his potential that, that everybody loved. Uh, but that's something they've said about him since he got to campus is, you know, once he gets the swing of things, then he's going to be really good. Once he gets, you know, technique and all that stuff. He was the only wide receiver that I saw that went wire to wire with the starting group. Um, there were time, you know, starting off, it was Bryce Stevens was a starter, and then eventually Jaden Hazelwood took over that spot. Uh, Warren Thompson, you know, pretty much started, you know, the whole time. And then there was a time where, 
um, you know, when Malik Hornsby, they started talking about working him at wide receiver more. And the next thing you know, you know, Malik Hornsby's working with the first group. So, absolutely, I think that there's a, a strong possibility that um, that he could end up being the guy. Uh, I think it'll be pretty spread out, but he's got a lot of potential. There's no questioning that. Another thing that came out of media day was they asked uh, Sam Pittman. I don't know if they asked him about it, but he was talking about defensive line and he said, don't count out Torian Carter, who, of course, he said was just having a great spring before he got hurt. We all know he got injured. He had surgery. Don't know when he's going to be back. But does that make it sound like maybe he'll be back sooner than we expect? Possibly. I still – I have heard October. I mean, but you never know. I mean, we'll find out. I, I just – it would just be speculation on my part. I just – I have heard October for that. So – um, what would that be? Four games that well, he would miss if he if he were if he able to come back, back by October first. Yeah, if he came back October first, he'd miss four games. But he'd be back in time to play against Alabama. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty big, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be a nice. That would be a nice uh, guy to have for that game. You're going to need as many um, defensive linemen as you can get. When you play them, you're exactly right. Exactly right. Anything else that you observed at SEC Media Days, Arkansas, or anybody else that uh, caught your attention? Well, today I didn't watch any. Um, I watched every <laughs> bit I could of the last three days, and today I just, uh, you know, we worked on content. I did my podcast. Go check that out after after this uh, show if you haven't done that already. Um, I did my all SEC voting ballot and my predicted order of finish ballot. I sent that in. So that's kind of the stuff I was doing today. Um, aside from that, you know, I, I wouldn't say anything just jumped out. I, I did, you know, I have an appreciation for Mike Leach because he's an interesting fella. I think it's, uh, it's, uh, I love how he just kind of got up there and said, you know, I appreciate it when he, after he got his introdu- introduction from Greg Sankey and then said, any questions? And that was his opening comment. And then, you know, you you can you contrast that with uh, with with uh, Clark Lee at Vanderbilt, who I felt like spoke forever and really didn't say a lot. Um, so I appreciate Mike Leach always for his his uh, his candor and uh, just his overall personality. He's a he's a strange person, and uh, it's fun to we always like to <laughs> to see strange people. I guess. Right. Well, we've got this guy's not a strange person. He's David from Monticello, and he's got a he's got a question for you, Trey. Hi, David. Thanks for calling. Okay. How you doing, Rick? How you doing, Trey? Great. Uh, I was just wondering about. Hey, doing great. Uh, why is there no more games going to be played in Little Rock? Well, it's this year. Go ahead, Trey. You you, you can respond to that one. Yeah. Well, they're going to play Arkansas State there. Um, I'm not sure. Is anybody else on the schedule for that? UAPB, yeah, they're going to play Arkansas State there, but I think it's just. Yeah, UAPB, I think, in 2024. I'm not sure. They uh-huh. may be playing Western Carolina there in 2023. I'm not sure about that, but no game there this year. Right. Yeah, right, I, well, I think it's just a matter of, uh, you know, Arkansas, what they go up? 14,000 in attendance last year from yeah, the from 2019. I guess right. they skipped 2020. Yeah. Uh, which was second in the nation, yeah, in Fayetteville. Um, you know, Razorback football is exciting again, and, I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't get exciting in Little Rock. It does, but 
there's just a difference in the two stadiums now in the quality, the size. Um, and really, you know, it's it's kind of tough. It's not it's not an away game, you know. Uh, Arlington's not an away game. You know, Little Rock is a home game, but it's still a game you got to travel for. And, um, you know, when you look at they play that game in Arlington uh, and they play the game in Little Rock. And Arkansas, you know, obviously, you know, you, you have the, the Little Rock game. Uh, you had it every other year for a while. Um, but the Arlington game, the same year that Arkansas played that, Arl- Arkansas was the home team in Arlington. So you would lose two games from yeah. Fayetteville, from your Fayetteville schedule. I mean, look at this year. Like, what if they what if they played one of the games in Little Rock this year? Say, I don't know, Alabama or so. You know, that would that would oh. that would make no games in October in Fayetteville. You and know, at all. They are, you already have millions. you know a few yeah. games. There's yeah. so many lost opportunities for recruits to visit because they can visit for the Little Rock game, but you can't talk to them. You can just give them a ticket. You can't have any communication with them. You can't show them your campus. Can't let them talk to a professor, an academic advisor, any of that. You know, and you want to obviously get recruits up for games. And um, I just think in this day and age, and I was always a big supporter of Little Rock games, but I just think the way things have gone and college football has changed a lot over the years, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to play a game there, especially a conference game. Now, Arkansas State, that might be the sweet spot. Yeah. Um, you know, playing a – Playing an in-state school like that, that might be a, a, the sweet spot. Uh, maybe a Memphis or something like that. That could that could also be kind of cool. That's 2025. All right, well. All right. Thanks, David. The music's playing. Trey Biddy, thank you. Hope you have a fabulous rest of the day. And mm-hmm. we'll talk to you I again guess. tomorrow. Okay. That's Trey Biddy.